Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with Jessica Zolman, aka Zombie, on Instagram. Jessica is a Los Angeles-based photographer represented by Tinker Street. She's also working with Adobe, and she's a visual coordinator for Go Get 'Em Tiger, one of the best coffee shops with multiple locations in Los Angeles. We chat about her love for zombies, her time at Instagram, where she was one of the first employees and helped shape the features that we still use on the platform today. We also chat about overcoming adversity in a creative workplace, and we chat about all the things that make her awesome. Really enjoyed this one. Hope you guys do too. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Jessica Zolman. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Jessica Zolman. Thank yeah, you, so, thank you so much <laughs> for chatting with me. Okay, so uh, Jay Zombie, why is that the alias? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Jay, because I found that being a child of the '80s, where every young female-born human was named Jennifer or Jessica, um, people just didn't. People would call me Jennifer, and it's fine. But oh, it's also no. not fine. Yeah, that's not so fine. So I also started just telling people, if you can't remember it, but in your brain you go, I know it starts with a J. Yeah. Just call me J. That's like super easy. And then I won't be upset and I won't be bummed and uh, never call me Jesse. So uh, yeah, I just started going by J like as a casual thing. Yeah. And then zombie, I'm obsessed with zombie movies. Cool. Um, it's for like... There, we don't have to get into the deep meaning of why, but, um, you know, I, I find that horror genre to be really fascinating. And, like, I also really love the reasons and the ways that directors use the zombie genre as a metaphor for, like, the AIDS epidemic or for, like, being afraid of someone that doesn't look like you or, um, you know, the just general being the fear of death. Um, yeah. And so I've been a huge fan of that that style and that aesthetic and that the adrenaline rush that watching a really terrifying zombie movie gives me. Um, so, and I have a zombie tattoo on my leg. Oh, uh, that nice. kind of looks like Bill Murray as a zombie, but I got it before Bill Murray was in Zombieland. Oh, God, that's such a good movie and scene. Yeah. I was just talking about that scene. That is one of the best Bill Murray cameos ever, Facts. for sure. It's 100%. so good. It's I so hope good. he comes back for Zombieland 2 somehow. I don't know how he would, but I, I want another one. Is there so. a Zombieland 2 in the there works? Is. What with Woody, Woody, Woody as well? Yeah, yeah, oh, everyone man. signed on. I'm That's so, so exciting. So, are you like the biggest uh, Walking Dead fan ever, or or is that? I was a huge fan of the comics. Um, I loved the comics. I watched, I read all of them. I was ravenous over them, but I couldn't get into the show. Yeah, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I watched the first two seasons, and I think I think really what it was it was. Season two started straying from the comics, and I, I think it strayed in a way that didn't keep my interest. Yeah. I, it didn't change it in, in a way where I was like, I want to see what happens now. I just was like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I, I don't watch it, but I just hear it gets, gets weirder and weirder, like how yeah. certain shows just try to hold on to everything that they have and keep people involved. So it's kind of like the Lost thing where they're just like totally. bringing weird aspects. And I, yeah, I never got into it either, but I can definitely appreciate a good zombie movie for sure. Totally, yeah. So you are in Los Angeles, in Los Feliz. Are, yep. you, are you from L.A.? 
No, I grew up in the East Bay, uh, in Danville. It's like 45 minutes east of San Francisco. Oh, just beautiful. Just past Berkeley and um, kind of near, like, people know where Walnut Creek is for some reason. So if you know where that is. Walnut Creek. Okay, cool. Very close. Um, it was a fine place to grow up. It was fine. Yeah. So was it, how long were you there for, up until high school? Um, yeah, I went to high school there, uh, Santa Rosa Valley High. And, uh, yeah, I lived there since I was, like, second grade through junior college because I didn't go to a UC right away. I wanted to save some money and live at home and yeah. have a job and like, you know, do do the thing, do the responsible thing so I didn't have crippling debt. Yeah, I live that life too. Yeah, it was great. And the cool thing about the junior college I went to is most of the professors also taught at UC Berkeley. So I basically got a UC Berkeley education, which was nice. really dope and for a fraction of the cost. Um, so yeah, I lived there through like my 20s, in my early 20s. And then I went to Santa Barbara um, UCSB. Okay. And party school. I got, yeah. Party school. Got For a degree sure. in English, uh, a party uh, major, if I, if I might. That's like <laughs> the opposite. That's like the most opposite you could get at a, at yeah. a party school. Like, what do you major? Oh, English. Like, English. I just well, sounds so quiet. This was in theology too. So I like studied religion, li- religious literature as like, as lit. Like interesting. It was a really interesting yeah. choice. What got you um, into that? I was raised Jewish. Okay. And being raised Jewish, especially in a town that's like pretty Republican Christian uh-huh. and being like a very liberal Jew was like definitely a unique and I would say othering experience. Um, and part of Judaism is like built in question everything. Uh Like there's so many elements to it that are like, we don't believe in hell. And so like, really, you just have to live your best life because you want to. And that's the good thing to do. And, you know, like uh, community is at the center of everything that Judaism stands for. So I think that's also where my interest in building communities comes from or um, creating communities. And um, yeah, I think uh, for me, Judaism and that element of like, no one has the answers and that's totally okay is what got me curious about the why behind how um like decisive other religions were yeah um and how like this is this is the answer and this is the story and this is real and um i I just was fascinated by that so i think my curiosity which is also how a lot of people become rabbis by the way that's such a also like oh interesting yeah for sure questioning and so then you're like i guess i'll go to rabbinical school to like learn even more and like a lot of people end up coming into being rabbis i think especially uh, uh women in the in the temple um because of that questioning and that um, curiosity. Um, that was not for me. I was never interested in that, but, uh, (laughs) I, I got a better understanding of why that's a process. You're building a community, you're centering a place for people to find support. You're, um, helping people through a lot of life's like really big challenges. And, and yeah, I was really interested in it, especially since most of the people I grew up around were like very, very devout Christians and went to like youth group and, they did everything that I did just in a way where it was like, um, pretty, um, it was fascinating to me. Like I was very respectful of it. And I was also fascinated why they weren't respectful of my, my upbringing. Yeah. So what did, what did your parents think about all of it? Um, great question. So my, my dad passed away when I was really young. Oh, sorry. Um, no problem. That's where he like, 
that's where I got my interest in photography. My dad was always the one with the camera, always taking photos of me and of my mom. And cool. um, I actually don't have a lot of photos of myself with him because of that. Yeah. And so I think my like drive to become a photographer comes from that need to like document all of these moments of my life and um, kind of approach every like every image that I take as a time capsule yeah. to me. And that's how I want my photography to be viewed as like this, um, this snapshot of a period that in 20 years will be looked back upon and be like vintage. Yes. Um, but so my dad was very Jewish family fled from Russia um, where there's a lot of anti-Semitism. grew up in Chicago in a very Jewish neighborhood. And my mom was raised Catholic, um, oh. but, but my mom converted for him um, cause love makes you do crazy things. <laughs> and, um, when he passed away, he asked that I be raised Jewish and she was like, absolutely. Like that was not a question, but for sure. So my mom was like very supportive. Um, I wouldn't say too pushy, but like, I definitely found myself going to like several youth groups after Sunday school ended and I had my bat mitzvah and like, you know, I, I did the damn thing. And, um, she was also very supportive of me just doing what I wanted to do. Um, and the same thing applied to what I wanted to major in. It was like, if you're interested in English and this is what you're good at and studying literature and analyzing texts is like your passion, then follow it. Like, what, who am I to tell you what to do? You know, yeah. you're, you're basically a, a child still. And like, it's silly that you have to decide your future right now. So do what you enjoy, get the degree. So it's on your resume and, find your passion later. Yeah, I dig it. So was was young Jay an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, I was definitely an extrovert. Yeah. I think that the introvertness uh, element to my like big personality has only come with time and uh, developed anxiety uh, <laughs> just from having too much knowledge of the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, just those general things. Also, like, I don't know, I just love hanging out at home with my husband and like curl it up and watching some good TV. So yeah, um, that that's also an element. Uh, but I do think I have that extrovert like personality. I, like I've mentioned, love building communities. I love um, finding like-minded people and bringing them together and seeing if magic can happen. And um, I also, I, I'm currently working with Adobe in their creative residency. Oh, and cool. um, I'm mentoring one of their residences, res residents. I could say words. It's, <laughs> it's hard for me too sometimes. Residences, it's tough. It's a tough yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm doing a mentorship and it's funny as we're talking about her project, how many other people that I know and I'm friends with keep coming up in my mind that I keep introducing her to as resources. And like, I don't know, it just makes me feel really good to be able to connect people and help people along their creative journey. Yeah, that's awesome. Can we talk uh, about that a little bit more? How did you get connected with Adobe? It was actually Andre Laro. Um, shout out to Andre. Andre he is the sweetest. I his work is so beautiful, and honestly, we met through Instagram. Um, I think he reached out to me and was just like, your work is dope and I love what you do. And I was like, no, you, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we've been friends ever since. And Andre, um, after I already met him, got involved in the creative residency and, um, his project was stunning. And I, I helped him along the way when he had questions or concerns or needed, um, an introduction to anyone in like the East Bay. And I think because of that, even though I wasn't his mentor, he reached out to his contacts at Adobe and was like, 
Jessica would be a dope mentor and anyone would be lucky to like have her guiding them, you should bring her on. Yeah. And they did, which was awesome. And now Andre also is mentoring um, Laura, who I'm mentoring. Um, so we're doing like a double like, yeah. mentorship. Laura's so living a, it up. She's having she's a good got time. A pain. Yeah. What kind of things are you doing? Are you taking her with you? Are you are you just kind of sitting down and teaching her things, or, or what do you guys? Great question. So she lives in Germany. Um, so Whoa. once a week, yeah, once a week we do a phone call and we talk about her project and we talk about you know the the trials and tribulations she's experiencing and some of the areas that she thinks she could improve in. And um, you know, for example, we talked about how it's really hard as a woman to also art direct because you're always kind of second guessing your authority and whether or not your subject will be open and willing and, and wanting to listen to you. And it's like kind of this really long-term struggle that I think inherently exists as members of our gender. Um, and so I told her to check out the like uh, Marie Ambrovec, I can never say her name properly, um, documentary. She is like this beautiful performance artist who just takes up so much space so unapologetically and was like, it's so useful when you're having those doubts to watch someone else who has no question about who they are, what their art means, and how they can exist in the world. Yeah. Um, so it's just been a lot of things like that, just like guidance and reassurance and your not aloneness um, on top of like just logistical help. Yeah. So did you have any experience with that? Is that is that kind of what you can also lend to her is, is you've kind of dealt with that, learned how to deal with it, and you can pass that, you know, kind of information on. Definitely. I think I still struggle with it. Um, you know, if I, if I end up on a set where I feel like I'm the new person mm -hmm. or I'm having a lot of like imposter syndrome feelings, um, it's easy for me to kind of like just want to hide and like make myself small and yeah. not make myself known. But that's not going to make art that I'm proud of. Like that's not going to get me the results that I'm really needing to get or chasing after as an artist. Um, and I think with age, I'm 33, um, I've learned to give less of a shit of what people think of me. Yeah, um, that's a hard one. Like, that's a really hard one to hard. get over. It's hard. And I think, you know, as an extrovert, as a Leo, as someone who just wants people to like me, it's taken a while for me to get past that and just say, like, if someone doesn't like who I am because of my assertiveness, then they don't know who I am. Yeah. And that's their choice for not taking the time to get to know me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I still struggle with it. I think I forever will, but, um, I have a full-time creative job now and I think it's helped me develop my skills very, um, consistently and very directly in a way that is sort of, um, reaffirming my like artisticness and my ability in this space of making photography. So. Yeah. No, I think it's so important to, to kind of realize, you know, who you are and, and what you can do creatively because yeah, so many people want that validation. Right. And I, I totally. almost feel like your twenties are just, I mean, I'm in my twenties now, but it's almost like trying to get over that hurdle and it takes time and it totally yeah. takes confidence and, and, and it takes a lot of failure too to, to realize like, what? No, I'm just going to do what I do. I'm not going to, you know, like craft anything to fit in a mold that, that people want to see. Cause that's just not how you can grow creatively. Exactly. Uh, so going back a little bit, I know that you were a pretty OG Instagram, uh, Instagram employee, uh, community manager. Can you, can you talk about like the beginning days of that? 
Oh, I definitely can. Um, that was super fun. Well, I'm, my user number on Instagram is 95. Crazy. Like my favorite fun fact that I'm the 95th person I ever signed up for Instagram. That's just um, so wild. Yeah. And um, so I got in really early to the beta of Instagram. But it was the day before it released in the app store to the public. Um, and I, the reason why I like kind of begged my way into the beta was um, Flickr hated iPhone photographers, like deeply. There was a huge community divide. Um, Interesting. My, my own friends used to tell me I wasn't a real photographer because I what? shot photos with my iPhone. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that sentiment has shift significantly but this was like nine years ago now yeah people um, still like Mo motorola razors then yeah 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 and then like the first or maybe like the second generation iphone was what we were yeah. working with and so yeah sure it wasn't the best quality but hey pinhole cameras are how, how photography yeah. came about that wasn't the best quality either nobody told those people they weren't photographers <laughs> um so you know i just was like the quality does not mean you know, the art is, is not valuable. Absolutely. It's what the art is. Um, and so I, I was, I mean, I was a very bad photographer. Let me also say that, but they weren't telling me that they were just <laughs> saying I wasn't a real photographer. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I saw a couple people sharing Instagram photos, um, using the like web URL where it was just like a static image where you could, couldn't even see comments or likes or anything. Yeah. Just some like, weird yeah. images up on the screen yeah it was so strange and i but i was like i need that that's what i need like this is the, a place to build a community that's supportive um and yeah we're adding ridiculous filters that maybe are a little too much but I'll oh those it. filters like, were so wild in the beginning oh, looking back now oh yeah. man i miss them i, I totally miss them yeah, I, I miss Brannon every day. I miss, I think about Brannon. I remember <laughs> Brannon, those beautiful teal skies. Oh, and those little borders, those great, beautiful Ooh. borders, those oblong I'm, borders. So good. <laughs> so um, I just saw something special. Uh, and then I went to a community meetup um, and I met Kevin and Josh and Mikey and they were like, oh, she's not crazy. That's cool. Uh, she's like normal. She's just a really big fan. Yeah. Like we should bottle that up and use it. And so they reached out to me and asked me to join the team. Um, on to be fully honest, it was long hours. Yeah. It was throwing a thousand wild ideas up on a whiteboard and hoping that one of them was good. Mm -hmm. Um, weekly hashtag project is one of those concepts. Um, you know, I just came up with it in a meeting of how can we engage the community and like, here it is to this day still running. Oh, it's huge. Um, yeah. And so it was just a lot of that. It was guessing and it was putting a lot of um, band-aids or I like to call it like the crazy tubes. Like, you know, when you drop a ball and then you're like, you drop a ball inside of like a, a mouse trap like game and then you have to make sure it can find an exit oh yeah like, yeah yeah so you're just like adding tubes and adding tubes and, and like, constantly like here, running to add another thing yeah for sure yeah like yeah. let's make sure that this doesn't fail okay add this thing here so it was like we were really we were using bubble gum and crazy <laughs> tubes and yeah anything this anything metaphor, around this metaphor is falling apart but i'm still going for it no um, no i totally see it 
it was just really wild. And, and, you know, the, that can also be applied. Like I did more than just community management. I managed all of the police requests that we received, um, having to review any, um, uh, like warrants that we got for Wait, what do you mean police requests? So police will, will be like, Hey, we need to see this photo on this private account for oh, this like trial. And so they would no submit requests to us in order to access that information. But sometimes the requests would be way too broad. And so I was literally the person who had to tell like the law cops, enforcement yeah. in a tiny town in like Illinois. No. Oh my gosh. It reminds me of making a murder. I'm watching the yeah. second season. Now you're totally going to be the one that's interviewed and they're gonna be like, why didn't the photo get released when it was supposed to? And you're gonna be like, I don't yeah. know. I just it's couldn't me. do it. I couldn't do it. It was too broad of a request. That's so wild. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I had to learn like, uh, like law, like uh, data, request law and then um i also had to review flagged photos so i was looking at like the most horrible things every morning and afternoon and sometimes at night before i went to bed yeah that's no good um thankfully as a horror genre fan and a morbidly curious teenager thanks to my early experience with (laughs) death um i had no i was able to compartmentalize it um but it was not all like puppies and like photos of sunsets there was a lot of shit that i had to deal with yeah um and yeah and then i i went with them to facebook and i hate corporations and i always will and they're a nightmare and i don't i can't do it i thought i could (laughs) yeah i i did it because i loved the community and I loved Instagram and I loved the product and the people who were my coworkers enough to give it a go. And I was at Facebook for nine months and I threw my middle fingers up in the air and pieced the hell out of there when I had an opportunity to join Tinker Street as a full-time commercial photographer. Good for you. So when in those nine months, what, what did it look like trying to build that community? Oh, yeah. Like an uphill <laughs> like battle. That. Oh, man. Like every community person all of a sudden was wearing a dollar sign sweater. Oh, no. Like like every user was an opportunity for like monetization. And I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up every day I come to work, aren't I? Yeah, um, that's terrible. Yeah. But it's know, so like, prevalent even uh, obviously now. Like yeah. it's continuing more and more and more. And you kind of saw that like firsthand, yeah. like right yeah, in front of you. Capitalism is definitely a curse, uh, especially late stage capitalism. So anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it just wasn't for me. Also, like a lot of my role stopped being as creative as I would have liked it. it. It was me taking all those kind of shitty jobs that I had, like dealing with law enforcement and spending months creating policies with the Facebook teams and then trying to get them to take over that task. Because as we grew, those requests grew, and I was just one person. I couldn't handle doing all of it on my own, um, nor should our entire team have been handling it. It really needed to be specialized individuals, and Facebook had that, um, but it meant spending months working through transferring all of that data to them and creating policies that were different from Facebook's in order to, I don't know, kind of keep the magic that we had alive. Um, it was boring as, as hell. It was just boring. So, What do you think would have happened to Instagram if Facebook didn't buy them? I mean, I think they would have continued to grow. I think they would have continued to hire folks. Like, I, I think they would be – it's funny. I look at um, like uh, Airbnb uh-huh. and like how big they are and that beautiful building that they're in and like this giant team that they've built. And, yes, they have their flaws. And, yes, they make mistakes. 
but they are autonomous. They operate and they function within their own culture and their own universe. And I know we could have become that. And I, you know, I'm, I can't question the reasons why the job and why the deal was made or why it was taken because I, you know, I only know what I know. I don't know what Kevin and Mikey know um, and why they felt if they didn't do that, they would fail or it wouldn't work out or like, I don't know what it, what it is, but to me, it felt like the easy way out. And it felt like a decision made by two really young, like 27 year old dudes. Yeah. That's the thing. It's gotta be hard, right? Like you sit down with someone like Facebook and they throw all these numbers in your face about how much you can make in long term, And it's like, who, who wouldn't in that situation? Right. Yeah. I don't blame them. And I understand why, but I know that there was potential for Instagram to still be great standing on its own, um, doing its own thing. Yeah. What about now? What do you, what do you think about the trajectory, you know, up to this point, algorithm and all, all that? I mean, I was seeing a lot of, I voted posts on like November 7th. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, y'all are a day late. Wait. algorithm. Yeah. I know. Exactly. It was like 20, 25 hours ago. Somehow you're like, what? Does it even make sense? It's not great. I I understand like wanting to help people access as much relevant content as possible. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that they implemented it in a successful way. And I will say, I know that they know that they didn't because they see the sentiments on Twitter. People are always screaming about it. Like no one is happy. And yes, at some point there's always going to be feature changes where no one is happy, but this has sustained anti-sentiment for so long now yeah you know it's not like facebook changing the news feed yeah sure people got pissed but like people got over it yeah and also i hate the algorithm on facebook's news feed anyway so yeah well, um, they they uh, of course did the algorithm first before they yeah. brought it into instagram right so they, i mean yeah. they didn't even figure out the facebook one first and they just said totally. all right run with it let's go with it yeah, it's definitely silly. Um, you know, I, thankfully, I'm I have a lot of followers and I am verified, and so I don't see as many ads as other people do. Um, that's just that's a thing that they have apparently implemented is that if you are verified, they want your experience to be a little light on the advertisements. And my targeted ads are the ones that I do see are really accurate. Like I click through them a lot, so I'm helping them. You know. Yeah in some twisted way. And so I can't complain too much about those because my experience is not as disruptive as other people's um, have been. But yeah, there's just a lot of little things. Like honestly, the iPad app for Instagram still has you zooming 2X into the regular app. Like y'all, yeah. I know you have iPad Pros. Like yeah. what are you doing? Oh man, so, would you say though that... um that even today, inst- like Instagram is still bringing you business from people that get to see you on the platform? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's why I'm like not, I, I would never completely throw them under the bus. The algorithm has definitely made things difficult, but I think that I'm at a point in my career personally where my work stands alone. Um, I don't have to post every day and I definitely do not post every day. Mm-hmm. I, I use stories as my way of documenting my life for sure. Um, more than I use posting. Um, but part of that's cause I post and it goes off into the ether and then I barely get any engagement and then I'm sad. And it's like, I don't want to be sad about it. Fake internet numbers, yeah. like internet, internet points aren't worth my mental health. 
So I've taken a step back, um, but I'm still being approached for work. And um, I think part of that is also to Tinker Street and my agency's credit. Um, we are like a very good collective who knows how to work with brands collaboratively yeah. and how to communicate in a professional way where um, I do think that a lot of uh, brands hiring influencers have a lot of problems with some of the younger kids who have found fame, but don't necessarily have the business acumen to be professional as well. Yeah, that's actually, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. That's got to be a huge you know thing when dealing with the younger people that may take amazing photos, but they just don't really have that mature business yeah. work ethic. So uh, when it comes to Tinker Street, how did you get in with them? Um, my friend, Michael O'Neill, who is the most wonderful person in the entire world at Mo on uh, Instagram. He was an art director at Apple for 10 years. And oh, wow. I, th I think he met um, Jesse Miller through that role, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't know. He knew Jesse Miller, who's my agent, um, probably just through his many connections. And um, Jesse had an ad agency with photographers on it. Um, uh, sorry, not an ad agency. He had a collective of photographers as a representative, but they were all very traditional commercial photographers. Um, and Mo, after getting featured on the suggested user list and working with Instagram a lot when I worked there, was coming to him and saying, hey, there's an opportunity here. You know, I've been approached by brands many times. I don't really know how to guide them to pay good numbers yeah. um, for the ask that they have because their ask in in real advertising land would be $10,000. But we're talking about Instagram. Yeah. How do we make sure there's value here? Like, how do we make sure we're not devaluing artists who are popular on Instagram who normally would get paid 10 grand for this ask, um, but in this case are being told they can get paid $500? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he came to Jesse with the idea of like, we should have a mobile agency where we make sure we're setting an industry standard for rates on, on work, on commercial work in the, um, in the social sphere. And so they started Tinker Street. Um, they brought on 15 people for the launch and I was one of them. Nice. Um, and we definitely, I think, I hope shaped the like way that agencies and companies were approaching um, artists, like real commercial artists for their work by charging a, a living wage. Yeah. So that was in like the very beginning too, right? Because yeah. these companies were finally just probably not even up until like more recently, but then like the early companies getting in involved, like they didn't know how to price or what to ask no. for. Right. And you guys yeah, and had to deal thing. with it. It was almost six years ago. And, and I will say like, they didn't know how to price, but they knew that they could take advantage of the price. Yeah. You know, because it was like, just different. Yeah. It was a different platform. Yeah. It, was just, it, it wasn't traditional. Um, and they just didn't get like the value behind, you know, yes, you can ask me to just take oh, an Instagram photo for Instagram to post, but like they just couldn't conceptualize that it took, you know, almost as much effort as it did on a commercial shoot, right? Like yeah. when, it, when you're bringing a professional level into that work, it, the value like ask is the same in terms of how much work we, we will put into it. And so, yeah, we really had to like prove ourselves that what we were making was not just taking a photo with our iPhone, but yeah. like 
creating concepts and doing like pre-production and hiring assistants and making sure that like the work that we were doing was of a high caliber and quality in order to justify saying, hey, you have to pay us a rate that you know, helps me pay for my health insurance. Exactly. So what did those early shoots look like? Was it you with a backpack or was it you and a team coming in? I mean, it totally depended on, it depended on a lot of things. One, if their budget was very low, then we came in with a lot of low overhead gear. Uh You know, it could be my DSLR and my iPhone and nothing really beyond that. Um, or it could be like me and my house creating still life stuff yeah. with like with like the few lights that I do have. Um, or like bigger picture, I did a lot of stuff with um, with uh, travel agencies, and so they would fly me to Canada, and they would have an entire like itinerary planned out for me, and I would go to all of these stops, and I would get X, Y, and Z photographs along the way, and be delivering them at the end of every night. So you're photographing, editing backing them up and then sending them, um, that evening. And like, those are pretty involved Oh yeah, that's Um, and a lot and a lot more labor, but I was getting definitely asked to do stuff like that really early on too. Um, and then it was as like silly as taking photos of America's cup. So I'm like at the pier in San Francisco (laughs) with my iPhone because they wanted it all to be shot on an iPhone. Yeah. Taking photos of boats, like 800 yards out going 200 miles an hour or whatever, they measure boat speed with. And I was like, this is not, what am I doing? Like, yeah. this is not it. Y'all, I can take <laughs> these photos of my iPhone. Um, but it was still like a really fun and interesting and unique challenge to try and make it work. Yeah. So did, did, you know, kind of having that new freedom with Tinker Street, did you have that moment where you realized like, this is what I need to be doing, or at least like being a freelancer, being a creative, like this is it right here. Definitely. I mean, I think it took a couple gigs for me to feel confident and comfortable. Um, but I think really early on, I I knew that this was what was fulfilling, like collaborating with a brand, but bringing my aesthetic in and like being able to think through challenges and and still make something that was like interesting and beautiful and and a little weird because all my work's a little weird um was a really I don't, it just is so rewarding I think it's a bit of that chasing the, the concept of flow um which like puts me in this euphoric mindset and like brings me so much joy and also like I am a people pleaser so having positive feedback about the work that I created pretty immediately upon delivery was like also extremely rewarding and still is, um, in my current role. What, what keeps you inspired throughout the years? I mean, it's definitely other people like without a doubt it's, it's other artists and not just like the greats, like James Terrell's art. If you haven't heard of him or gone to one of his sky spaces, I I have not recommended enough. He's absolutely incredible. He makes these beautiful interactive light, um, like buildings and, and like there will be a hole in the sky, but the walls change color, like a Phillips hue, you know, and like it's, they're mind blowing. It's so hard to describe his work, but they're really spatial and colorful and they help you see the like existing world in a very different way. Um, his work has always been a huge inspiration to me. And then my peers, like Lauren Lemon, um, is one of my favorite photographers and she's one of my best friends. Um, and I love that I get to be surrounded by people in Los Angeles who are 
incredible creatives, but who are also people that I can call and ask for advice or for help or hire to help me with lighting because I use natural light. I don't know what I'm doing with a real, with a real lighting. <laughs> uh, rig, you, and, you and me both hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But it's cool that like LA is such a collaborative place that I could just call up my friend. We, and he'll be able to help me on a shoot with Audi and like, you know, I know that I have support and I have a system and I can learn from that and learn from those people. So, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of like incredible artists who work with color and light and spatial, um, arrangements. And then, and then the people I surround myself with and I'm so lucky to call my friends. Yeah. So, uh, over the years, has your work kind of taken on a different category? Because in the beginning, were you super open to shooting everything and shooting this or that? And have you kind of narrowed down what you at least like to shoot and, and tell Tinker Street, like, this is what you should send my way? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, in the beginning, like, I for sure, like I was saying earlier, like, documenting these moments and these, like, experiences and my friends and, like, making sure I was photographing everything was huge. Um, I, I always, even when I was in college and took film classes was making it about like my community and the people around me. Um, and now that is still an element. Like if you even go to my Instagram, I have a photo of my friend Lauren. I have a photo of my friend Ben. I have photos of my friends who are dancers, but um, I am so drawn to color and like color in unique bursts in like very stark white spaces, yeah. which is such an LA thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm definitely, it really is. Yeah, I'm like for sure a product of the city I'm in. Yeah. Um, and I also think I bring a lot of my personality and the like my internal like struggles and joys into my work. And I think, you know, I look at my stuff and I photograph people with their faces hidden a lot yeah. or with their backs um, turned towards the camera, which like I'm now realizing is me documenting people's um, vulnerability, nice. like facing away from whatever it is that is like watching you is such a like, you're putting yourself in a position to be open, but to also be harmed. Um, and I find that like, I, I bring that a lot into my life, into my relationships. I'm like very open. And I know that that can lead to someone taking advantage or hurting me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's taken me a really long time and doing that over and over again, like taking those photos and being like, what is going on in my subconscious? That's making me want to take photos of people in colorful situations facing away from the camera yeah. um, to realize like, oh, that maybe that's where that's coming from in my subconscious. Um, and then plants. I don't know. I like plants. Yeah. Who doesn't <laughs> love some good botanicals? Yeah. So I'm just a huge fan of like flowers and florals and, you know, all of those things combined, which to me is another LA thing that I've just, I've integrated into my work, but it's just literally as simple as like, I'm a huge fan of some real pretty flowers. Nature's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, so I, I still am also just drawing things that photographing things that I'm drawn to, um, out, out in the world. Yeah. One thing that I really, really like about your work, which you kind of touched on earlier is you're really shooting just things that you love, right? Yeah. And, and just definitely. showing that. And that is such a big thing, right? It's not just like a ton of plants, a ton of plants, a ton of plants, because you know that's going to get you the most likes. It's yeah. these great portraits and these plants and these palm trees and the side of a wall and this person or this friend. Like, I'm such a big believer too. Like, you end up shooting what you love no matter what. So like all my totally. photographs, for the most part, at least my favorite, 
are like my friends, my family, and like the best trips I've been on and just things so I can remember them down the line. Like you talked about. Um, In the last few years, you know, with Tinker Street, have you taken on other projects as well? Or have you, I, I know you're doing Adobe uh, the, the Adobe mentorship, have you solely just been shooting for Tinker Street or are you doing other projects? So I have a full-time job right now. Um, I'm still on Tinker Street and I still am doing commercial work, but I am on a, um, a I'm calling it a long-term project because it sounds cute, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm an art director at Go Get em Tiger. It's a coffee shop and restaurant down here in Los Angeles that um, has five stores, um, on the East side and, um, they're roasting their own beans and they have incredible food. And I, it's funny, but I'm like, Oh, the coffee shop is another place for communities to gather. Yeah, I just totally integrated myself into like a different universe where that is the center and the most important element. Um, but it's really fun. I'm like, I'm really loving working for a restaurant, but also a small business. Um, it's been a super fun challenge. And the, the founders are former intelligentsia um, folks. So there's a lot of the old intelligentsia crew there. And they have this really unique perspective and vision and in the direction that they want to take Go Get Em Tigers brands and um, what they want to do with their product which they just launched their coffee subscription service. So um, you can get their coffee delivered to you at home. Oh, I need that. That's awesome. Um, But it's been really fun. Like I'm definitely using all of the skills I've learned in the last five and a half years to apply it to taking photographs and making videos for their branding and their company. And I've really, really, really enjoyed focusing on one brand and building out their entire visual story um, all on my own with the help of some of my super creative coworkers. That's awesome. So they have five locations, you said? Yeah, they do. They're in Larchmont, Los Feliz. They're in Highland Park. They're in um, the Arts District and the Grand Central Market has G&B Coffee, which is owned by the same folks and a part of the Go Get Em Tiger brand. Awesome. So what is like, what is the, the average day or, or even week look like? Are you bouncing around Ugh. shooting, getting it together, posting for them, doing all that? Yeah, yeah. So I don't do their social media, which is also very fun. Uh, those yeah, days sure. are behind me. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's mostly going to the shops and taking photos. Um, there's always new coffee coming out and our new uh, our coffee subscription, there's always new coffee being sent out there. So documenting that. Um, I take, I do video videography work for them. So we do like weekly coffee announcements internally for the team since there's a hundred folks that are employed by our company. Um, and so we make sure to basically have like a weekly news update. Um, and I edit and, and publish those. And then also we do like how to brew at home videos that I've been creating with them. Nice. So yeah, it's a lot of photo and video work. Um, every year they do a Thanksgiving day, um, drink special where they kind of make fun of and knock off the Starbucks holiday menu. Oh, cool. Um, so next week I'll be taking photos of all of those drinks that they'll be serving for one day only on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's cool. And then store openings and we have so many stores under construction right now. So also taking photos of the, the progress, um, of the buildings and the architecture and, and, and portraits of our dope employees who are all like my favorite humans. <laughs> what is it about coffee shops that is so aesthetically pleasing? 
I don't know. It's a thing. It's totally a thing. I'm kind of addicted to photographing coffee shops now. So, I, I so. have this thing where in another life, I'm a barista for yeah. 50 years. Like that to me, like that's like being a bartender in a small town. Yes. Where everyone knows you. You know everyone's drinks. Like that is totally. so cool to me. I would love to do that. Yeah, it's fun. Like, um, you know, I have my my favorite baristas. I mean, everyone's my favorite, but like, you know, people have their favorite baristas. They're people that they connect with who like ask yeah. them how they're doing and mean it and, you know, know their order before they even get up to the bar. And like, I think that's such a special bond and relationship. And, um, and it takes a really like unique person to want to be in that position and to be able to like make someone's day if they're having a rough one by comping them their drink. Like there's just so many cool opportunities to like, be an integral part of someone's day and someone's creative process too, especially here in LA. Um, and it, yeah, it's been really fun seeing how coffee shops are kind of the backbone of this creative industry yeah. that exists here um, and getting to be a small part of that. Yeah. And you're so friendly too. I'm sure it makes it a lot easier when you go in and everyone's excited to see oh, you yeah. and they're excited Definitely. to see what you want to do that day and all that. Like it makes such a big difference. Totally. It's been really fun. What kind of uh, what kind of gear do you use when you're shooting? So my 5D Mark IV is my child. Oh yeah, um, same here. <laughs> it, and I have the 2470 USM2. Um, that's my like workhorse. I love that lens. The 2.8. Yeah, the yeah. 2.8. But if I'm like doing street photography or I'm taking like a little mini photo walk, um, my pancake 40 millimeter is my go-to. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. I like taking care of my shoulder. Yeah, for sure. sure. I'm going easy on myself. And the, the 24 to 70 is like some pretty serious glass. So, yeah. um, my pancake 40 millimeter mm. is definitely my go-to. Um, and I love shooting with that. And then shout out to peak designs for making the dopest straps in the game. Yeah. We just, we talked I, to, uh, Peter Daring early. Yeah. I love, love, love. I have their backpacks. I have their like wrist strap. I have all their stuff. Yes. Love so, peak design. Um, I love so peak cool. and I love their brand and I love what they do. And it's the first time I found like a gear backpack that actually works. Like it just works. It's yeah. just so intelligently designed. So um, yeah, that's been my go-to. Um, and then I have the new iPhone, the iPhone uh, XS. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. I can't keep up. I don't have the new one yet. Honors does. I, I, I love it. I use this so much for video. I shoot video in 4K on this thing. And no like, way. That's so crazy. Dope to edit 4K video for the oh, I bet. So I've been uh, definitely using my iPhone as my like second shooter, I would yeah. say, a lot. So rad. Changing gears just a little bit. Yeah. What do you think in this day and age, especially on like Instagram, but also people trying to freelance or, or, you know, trying to break through like all yeah. this crazy algorithmic noise. Do you have <sighs> any, any tips or advice on just like how to, how to just peek out above the top of that? That's such a great question. And honestly, I'm like, I'm kind of really lucky in that I worked at Instagram. So people just knew who I was and what I was doing. And so like my advice is the most nonsensical generic thing because, you know, it's like when people tell you just work hard, but like their parents paid for everything and they never really struggled. <laughs> and it's like, did, yeah. did you though? It's the like, LA way. 
Yeah, that would be me saying that. So, like, I don't have good advice. Like, honestly, my advice is I'm sorry that you have to even consider that. Like, yeah. it sucks. Like, what a shitty situation for that to be the struggle. And for, like, it literally to be, it's fake internet points. So, like, here's what my advice is going to be. Yes, it's hard. And yes, like, you are trying to stand out like a needle in a haystack. And you need to do something unique and original in order to stick out from the crowd. But please don't forget to take care of yourself. Like, if you need one day to stop posting, to take a breather, if you need to go on a vacation and, like, not connect to Wi-Fi, like, do those things. Do things for you to make sure your mental health is in check. Because, like, this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Build your portfolio, take your time, you know, work on a project that has meaning to you. And like, also do not be afraid to put yourself out there beyond Instagram, like reach out to Refinery29, reach out to any, any email address that you can find in any publication, juxtapose, reach out to folks who you just cold email and like send them your work and send them your artist statement And like put yourself out there over and over and over again until the no becomes a yes. Because like it's not everything is not an Instagram. It is, but it isn't. You know, like people can get their footing in other ways. And so don't put all of your value into this one thing that you have no control over and that tomorrow it could be shut the heck off. Yes, that was the best answer ever. Are you kidding me? That was (laughs) the best. I'm going to listen to that again later and then start sending emails (laughs) off. Yeah, cool. Beautiful. So what does uh, what does the near future look like for Jessica? For Jay, uh, I'm sorry, for Jay. What a good question. No, no worries. Jessica's great too. Um, I mean, pr- I'd probably take my own advice. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, the, that's the best thing I could do. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I'm loving having a, uh, a full-time job that's challenging and that's helping me grow and also has health insurance and a paycheck. So yeah. like, I'm going to ride that wave for a while. Yeah, it's um, a big one. Yeah, it's good. I I feel like a lot of the pressure is off of me. Um, I was definitely feeling like I was in a very dark place when I had a a, a six-month dry spell from work, um, or it was like gig after gig was potentially on the table, and then each time was being awarded to someone else. Um, I had a rough patch, and I did what I needed to do to take care of my family and myself, um, but more importantly, to make sure that I was still finding motivation to make art, even if it is for someone else. Um, so I think my next step, and this is like pretty transparent, but because I work a nine to five job making photos and videos for another company, I come home at the end of the night or on the weekends and I don't want to pick up my camera and yeah. make art for me. And I think, you know, I've only been at this job for what, like four or five months now. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to change that. Yeah. I definitely need to do a little bit of, um, like work life balance shifting and get back into taking photos for myself yeah. and, and creating some personal art. Make a coffee table book. I want Make it. Make a coffee Do table it. book. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, get yeah. it. I need that from you. Cool. I feel like you'd have a beautiful coffee table book. Yeah, me too. I got <laughs> to do something, but, but soon I, I think I'm just enjoying um, feeling not depressed and sad and, and having some self-worth again. So once I, uh, that euphoria wears off a little bit, I think I'll, I'll jump back into working on my stuff. Well, I can't wait to see what you do. And also I can't wait to just continue to watch, you know, your journey and and your photos come through and and your stories and, and everything. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, can you let people know how to find you or like just the plugs that you want? Yeah, no problem. So um, I'm Jay Zombie, J-A-Y Zombie on Instagram and on Twitter. And jzombie.com is where you can find all of my work. Um, Feel free to slide into my DMs with any of your (laughs) questions that you might have. Happy to share my advice and tell you what I've learned and not bullshit you if you need need that. Yes, awesome. Well, Jessica Zolman, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. And we will chat soon, hopefully. Yeah, thank you. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Had a blast talking to Jessica and hearing all that incredible advice when it comes to breaking through as a creative. She's certainly done it herself, and I am super excited to see what's coming next for her. As always, say hey to her on Instagram at jzombie and say hey to us as well. Ratings and subscriptions are amazing, so tell your friends, your dogs, and your grandparents over the holidays. Have some eggnog, and we will see you guys next week.